I think like a lot of people kind of like think like manifesting and visualization is a bunch of BS because they're like, oh, I just sit there and like think about like this thing and then it's just going to happen. But it's like you need, like you say, like the aligned action. Like you can't sit there and like think that you want to have like a six pack and be down 20 pounds and then open your eyes and run to McDonald's and have a Big Mac and a Coke and like wake up the next day and be like, oh man, like it didn't happen. Like this stuff doesn't work, you know? Welcome to Elevated Frequencies, the show that gives you access to the next level of house and techno so you can explore an elevated lifestyle. Salvion is a DJ and producer who loudly and proudly believes in the power of manifestation. So I want you to pay close attention to this episode because not only does he give you a specific example of how he manifested his dream gig in Ibiza down to the dinner he had before he played the gig, but he's also giving you a step-by-step plan for you to implement this in your own life and your own career. So take out your pen and paper, take out your notebook, because I want you to write these things down. There actually are steps that he lays out for you. This is a game plan that if you are somebody who lacks structure when it comes to going after your goals, this will change everything for you. Thank you so much for joining me. It's so nice to talk to you face-to-face rather than Instagram DM. Yeah, I know. Thank you for having me. It's been, uh, I love the show, which, you know, I've told you before. So I feel like there's such a platform and a need for this in the scene. So kudos to you for kind of bringing that to life. I really appreciate it. And it's funny because we'll talk about it, but we actually have very similar names for some of our creative projects. So I love the alignment there. Um, but I was actually, I was checking out your Instagram the other day, and I saw you have this really cool video that kind of like shows your origin story, which I think more artists need to do just as an aside, because it's like, that told me so much that I need to know about you. And obviously you're very multifaceted. (laughs) There's levels to you, but I loved watching that because it was such a cool inside look at like how your music project came to be. Yeah. Um, tool room kind of put that together. And honestly, I had such a great time kind of doing that and doing stuff there and doing stuff here. One of my friends who's this like great photographer who shoots like all my stuff. Um, he got to shoot the, uh, the New York side of it, which was like really cool. But I mean, a lot of people kind of watch that video and I feel like that video does, like you said, it kind of like expresses like where I kind of came from. And I feel like it does a good job of kind of showing who I am in terms of like an artist and even just as a person. Yeah. And so, so in that video, you said that it was movement that kind of inspired your artistry. Is that right? Yeah, to an extent. So like I was already doing, um, I was in school for music production on the weekends while I was actually getting my doctorate and, um, we went to movement and we were at a circle local after party and like the story always gets cut short, but like that party had so many like facets to it of like just things that kind of inspired me. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them being, um, so there was this guy, Greg, Greg Pidcock, who had just had like a big release on hot creations and stuff. So he's like playing out in the courtyard and like, he just gets on and like, they tell him like, he has to like lower the music. Cause like, cause of, like sound or whatever. So like, it was like so low, like you pretty much had to stand next to the speaker stack to like hear it. And so like, I still hang out out there and the guy's crushing it. 
And so I'm standing there and they like tell him that like he could put the like music back up. Like he probably had like two tracks to go, but like he had such joy and excitement. Like he's like standing on top of the booth, like going nuts. And like, I felt it like for him, you know? And um, I was just like, oh man, I was like, you could have had like an ego and been like, oh, like, I don't even want to do this, like whatever. But like he threw down such like a dope set. But yeah, later that morning, like the sun was coming up and Mass Prod was playing and he played this edit of a Paul Simon track, actually. And it was like the perfect track at the perfect moment. I was like, what is this? And I was like moved by music, but like I've never been moved before. And I was like, yo, I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to be the person that like creates the music or like plays the music that gives that experience to like someone else. And actually I have it over here. I still have the the wristband from the party. That's awesome. I keep it in there. So I always look over there. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. This is why like I do that, like for that, that purpose. That's awesome. And there's a lot to unpack here, but I, I love that you have the memento on your desk because that's like that visualization practice that you and I have talked about just a little bit, which I want to get into about, you know, it, it, it's a reminder of what keeps you going and it reminds you of your roots. And I think with, you know, I talked to about this with every artist, all the chaos of what goes into being a successful artist, now successful in terms of, you know, how other people see success it's easy to forget why you started and those little mementos can really bring you back to that space. Um, you know, where it was that, that special moment for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it does do that, you know, cause like you said, you kind of get caught up in like the hustle and you got to do this and you got to do that. And you know, you start to like spin a little bit and it kind of, it, it grounds you a little bit to like, be like, Oh yeah, that's right. Like, this is why I do it. Not so I can get this gig or I can, hit this chart. It's like, I do it for, you know, the people that are going to listen to the music or listen to the set or the radio show or any of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I love a lot of the artists I've talked to and what you just said was what got you into music wasn't necessarily like the big production of some festival or, you know, like seeing tens of thousands of people all, you know, obsessing over one artist. It's those little moments that are so special about, house music where it's like the intimacy really shines through and what that's what makes this different. And that's what gets, um, you know, future DJs, producers intrigued on going down this path because you really can have like this special connection that can't be found anywhere else. Absolutely. You know, I played, uh, one of my favorite places to play is actually antique in Costa Rica. Um, it's just like this small, like low ceiling, like, dark and grungy kind of thing but it is it's a great place actually in like a like a historical like mansion that like they mm -hmm. do like parties in and stuff and like it's just a vibe in there start to finish and i played maybe like five years ago i think it was the first time and maybe like a month or two later i get like a dm from somebody who's just like yeah like i caught your set like you know like seeing you like inspired me to dj and like all the stuff and like it just meant like so much to me that like i was like wow like i was able to do this and i was just doing my thing like it wasn't like i set out to like do this thing right. and it like it's stuff like that that kind of reminds me like you never really know who's like watching or who you're yeah. inspiring and stuff yeah and that's like the authenticity of it all when you're creating truly just for yourself and you know it's that that creativity comes from a really genuine place it that does show to other people versus you know someone who maybe not just talking about DJing, but doing something for the wrong reasons. They're flexing for, you know, whatever they think, you know, is how they should present themselves. Like 
people can sniff out that authenticity and inauthenticity. And so that's really cool that by you just being yourself, you inspired somebody to go after, you know, their new dream. Absolutely. And, you know, it took a lot of time to kind of get there, like personally, like to get to that point where I was like my authentic self, because I definitely would say like I was guilty at one point of like just trying to fit in to be like that thing that I thought I needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, even like aside from just personally, but like musically too, like I felt like for a while I was like chasing trends to be like, oh, this is cool. And I mean, I like the music. It wasn't that, but it wasn't like me being like, oh, this is my sound and this is what I do. So yeah, yeah. You're, you're definitely right about that. And it's, and it's easy to get caught up in that. I mean, I do it myself as a, uh, as a creative person. What has stopped me from going down the rabbit hole of trends is like, it's just fucking exhausting. Like I, I, <laughs> I realized early on, if I keep trying to chase this like proverbial white rabbit, like I'll never be able to keep up. And so, you know, I think it's, it's a long game when you're, when you're sticking to your roots and being yourself and you're not playing that game, but it's, but it's worth it in the end because you actually have something to show for yourself versus the flash in the pan type artists where it's like, they're just doing this for TikTok or whatever it is. Absolutely. Like, I feel like, uh, like Chris Lake is kind of like a guy who like really has done that, you know, and he's just like evolved and stuck to his thing you know, he dips here and there, but he just, it's just the constant kind of for, I mean, forever at this point, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it's proof positive that like there, there can be longevity to just sticking to your, you know, your true self. Um, not to like shade anyone else, but there's this like podcast host right now who her whole shtick is to just be deadpan. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Well, she's like, she's gotten popular on TikTok and she's interviewed these really massive artists and it's, it's, people are saying she's like an industry plan or whatever, but like her whole thing is, it's just a shtick. It's like, let me be as deadpan and uninterested as possible. And people are already getting tired of it. And this is not a criticism of her because I'm sure she had a team guiding her on like how to do that. Like, oh, in your interview with Drake, like act this way. But the point is like that's, and I don't know her intent either. Maybe it's not longevity, but the thing is if you try to stick to like a shtick, like that's, that that's exhausting. People are going to tire of that eventually. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's not the right path. So, so for you, you've like expanded into multiple different realms. It seems like beyond music. Now you actually have a radio show, which is what I want to talk about. Elevated radio how did that come about? Was that like simultaneous with building your music career or kind of the next phase? Um, it was kind of the next phase. Like I started, I was like, you know what? I want to kind of do like a radio show and just like have like a weekly thing. And so I started looking to like, you know, syndicating it and stuff. And it was actually, um, it was supposed to be Elevate because like the brand is Elevate. Although I'm thinking of rebranding it to just Elevated across the board mm-hmm. for a multitude of reasons. Um, but somebody has Elevate Radio already. So they were like, well, what about Elevated? I was like, all right, cool. Like, let's do it. Um, but I felt like it was just the next step to like getting music out there and like kind of curating stuff for people on like a weekly basis, which I love. It's a platform that I use to kind of showcase artists that I feel like people, you know, should hear like that are up and coming and it's not just about like big guests and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like I love it. Like every week I get to like pick music and now we're up to 2.9 million weekly listeners. 
Wow. Which like to me is like I still I'm just like I don't even know like it just like wows me still to like think about, um, but yeah like I love it it's great. That's amazing. And how do you find that you can fit that in with everything else you have going on? Because I always like to ask busy people how they do it. Because you know like ask the busiest person in the room to do something they'll get it done. So tell me your secrets. <sighs> Structure. You know, I'm very structured when it comes to like schedule. Like I like to plan things out, although my wife hates it because she feels like I have to plan out like every day to like a second. But I mean, it is how I get things done. Like I like, so like Sundays when I journal, I'll actually plan out um, the week a bit, just like at least the one big thing each day that I definitely need to get done. So this way, if I get those seven things done, I look back on the week, then like I have stepped forward in whatever it is that, you know, I'm like moving towards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's a big thing. Uh, I had a coach who has this whole thing about rocks, pebbles, and sand. And so basically, you know, you pick like you plan your rock first and that's the biggest thing. And then, you know, you do the pebbles and then you fill in with the sand. Because if you think about it, if you had a container and you put the sand first and then you put the pebbles and you put the rock, it's not going to fit. But what you do is you put the biggest thing first and then the pebbles kind of fall around that and then the sand kind of trickles in and does the rest. So as long as you're doing those big things, you know, maybe you don't get to answer those emails, but those emails aren't the most important thing for you to move whatever it is forward. I, I love that for a lot of reasons, but it also keeps you really accountable on focusing on what moves the needle because a lot of people like to cross busy work off their to-do list. Like I'm, I'm guilty of this too, because it makes you feel like you're doing something. And that's like, I've talked about the hustling versus aligned action. Hustling is just like needless, busy work. You're like, okay, well, I did these 15 tasks today. So that means, you know, I accomplished something, but maybe none of those tasks actually move the needle on what your big goal is. So this is really like holding you accountable to determining, you know, what's important and what maybe isn't so important. Absolutely. And especially doing it in advance, like, you know, you get to that day and if like you decide that day, it's easy to do those things that like, you know, the easier 15 things, let's just say that like is the busy work because you don't want to do that one big thing. But when you plan it out in advance with a clear head, it kind of allows you to, you know, when you get to that day, like you already thought about it before. So whatever comes up that day, you're like, all right, I need to get this done. Because when I was clear headed and decided this was the important thing, that's kind of like what brings it about. Totally. And, you know, as a creative person, it's really easy to, to get burnt out just on the tasks that you do creatively so that maybe it's the business side of things kind of falls by the wayside. And I always say you can't force creativity, but you also don't want to force that other stuff as well. Like you need to schedule like rest in between all of those tasks to make sure you're going with your best foot forward. Like something I do now is when I send important emails, I write it, I step away for a while, and then I come back to it with fresh eyes to make sure that I'm not making an ass of myself, you know? <laughs> Absolutely not. It's always good to do that. Um, I like to do also is like working in intervals. So I'll do like 25 minutes on, five minutes off because you just can't stay focused for those long periods of time. So that definitely helps. And I actually just got into, somebody put me on to uh, Brain FM, which has like a binaural kind of thing. And like you can mm. do it for focus. So when I actually like do the like busier work of like sending emails or I had to do like a proposal for the radio show, the other day, like I just like put that on and just like went to town for like a little bit and it does like help keep you focused a bit. Yeah, that's smart. I think a lot of people too, they, you know, I've heard just from, 
I, I did a, a little bit of coaching for people trying to get out of TV news, right? And there's, and I don't want to call them excuses because it's va- it's valid points of, well, I don't have this right setup for this, or I don't have time for that. And the thing is you, you have to work with the circumstances that you're in. You can't wait for an optimal time or an optimal whatever to, to do something. So you, you have to create that, you know, optimal time, space, whatever. So little tricks like that, the intervals, the listening to certain frequencies, like those are, those are really great tools to make the best out of sometimes not an ideal situation. Absolutely. And you're 1000% right. Like, you know, like, especially with having the academy, I talk to like, I do all the sales stuff too. So I talk to a lot of people and some people like their thing is like, Oh, I don't have a proper studio. Like I can't do this. Or like when I get a proper studio set up and I was like, you don't really need that. Like I know plenty of artists that are like top 10 artists that create on like a laptop and headphones. Like you don't need that stuff. Like, is it cool to have like, yeah, of course. Like I have a whole studio of gear, but like, do I need it? No. Like I make a lot of stuff, you know, when I travel, like you don't have to have those things. And, um, but yeah, like people do like to kind of wait for like the optimal time to, to do things. Yeah. Yeah. I talked to Josh Butler about that a couple of weeks ago. He said that some of my best tracks were made on a laptop with headphones. And that just goes to show that like everything you need to, to perform your creative task is already within you and all of the tools and whatever, that's just bells and whistles. You know, you, they're not necessities. Absolutely. I love that. And so I want to talk to you about like the manifestation stuff, because that was one of the first conversations you and I had over DM um, when you told me about like an actual gig that you had manifested. So tell me about that. All right. So one thing um, that I like to do is I like to visualize. And so the one thing that I like about this guided visualization that I do is it's not just about the end goal which I think like a lot of people kind of like think like manifesting and visualization is a bunch of BS because they're like, oh, I just sit there and like think about like this thing and then it's just going to happen. But it's like you need, like you say, like the aligned action. Mm -hmm. Like you can't sit there and like think that you want to have like a six pack and be down 20 pounds and then open your eyes and run to McDonald's and have a Big Mac and a Coke and like wake up the next day and be like, oh man, like it didn't happen. Like this stuff doesn't work, you know? So this visualization that I do, like you do the end goal first, but then you actually bring it back and it's like, okay, what do you have to do in the next month to like move towards that goal? And then six months and like so on. And so I was actually visualizing um, having a gig in Ibiza. And not only did I like visualize the gig, but also like the pre-gig dinner. Like there was this one place that I love, Casa Maca. And I was like, oh, like we're going to go there for like the, you know, the dinner before the gig with everybody. And then we're going to go to the gig and it's going to be like a whole thing. Um, And so actually uh, I was pitching some promoters because I do my own bookings and uh, like a Beezer Rocks came up. And so like it wound up happening this summer, actually on my honeymoon. And uh, yeah, like we went to dinner the night before because it was like a daytime thing. I was like, we have to go here. Like I need to make this happen. Like. And so, yeah, like it just, you know, you take your shot and that's it. That's, that's incredible. It's such a cool story. And I love how you said like, like structuring out all of the steps to, to make it happen. One thing that I do, do you, do you vision board at all? Or is it just like all written? Um, It's written, but I've, I've done a vision board before, but not like a steady kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's all the same. I mean, you're, you're putting it out, taking it out of your head and like the, the analog way, right? You're not like typing it, whatever, you're like actually writing it down. So what I do is quarterly vision boards. And so what I've found, and it's different for everybody, but what I've found is when I've tried to set goals like years in advance, 
it seems unattainable. And also my goal might change. Like I might not want that thing anymore. And so I've broken it down into like, sometimes I'm, you know, a little lenient, like three to five month chunks where I'm like, this is the thing I want to accomplish. And I write down kind of all the steps I think I need to, to take me there. And then I put it on a vision board and, you know, it's just, I like crafting. I think that's like <laughs> the main reason for that, for that component for me. And it's a good way to, to get off my phone. But so I think that's so important to, when people just say, you know, I want a million dollars, but they don't like write out all the different you know, potential avenues. It's just, that's why they give up. That's why they say visualizing doesn't work. And, you know, it's, it's so much more than that. And the reward of seeing your visualization come to fruition is like inexplainable unless you've experienced it yourself. Absolutely. And yeah, like, so in my academy, I have like a masterclass, which is like super intense, but the first week we actually do, I do a mindset class. And we go over just like kind of like planning and the goals and I have them break it down into like, like you have your goal, like think about it like a pyramid, right? So you have your goal at the top, which is basically like the least amount of your control. Like you can't do anything. And then you come down from there and you have like projects and then you have tasks. And so each one coming down is more in your control. So you start with the high one, you break it down like, okay, what are the things I have to do to reach that goal on like a larger scale, right? Like maybe you're like, Oh, I want to get signed to this big label or like a label or anything. So you're like, okay, like that's out of your control, but what's the step down from that? Like, okay, like I need to finish, you know, four tracks a month or something like that. And then it's like, okay, well, what do I have to do? And you break that down into like, you know, well, to make four tracks a month, what do I have to do? So it's like, oh, I need to write this many drums. I need to write this many bass. And like, you just break it down into then the daily tasks. So it's basically like, as long as you're hitting those daily tasks and like winning the day, you're going to be stepping towards that kind of like project goal. And then obviously like your absolute like goal, you know, and it's just like that planning in advance again, you know, it kind of comes up, but like, I love the thing. I have it like all over the house. It's just like win the day. So if you plan it correctly, if you win the day, you know, and you win, you're not going to win every day, but if you win more days than you lose, then you're always going to be moving forward towards that thing. That, that is like free game right there. That one's going on social media for sure, because <laughs> I love, I think different structures of like goal setting speak to different people. The way I talk about goal setting might not always resonate, but your version, like that's so cool. It's such a different way to think about it. And I love that you do the mindset stuff first because it is the foundation in everything that I teach. Like I have this manifestation resource hub and, you know, stuff that I post on TikTok. I talk about how, you know, if you don't heal your mindset first, any success that you may achieve, like, yes, you can achieve success, but it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable for, for your mental health and potentially not sustainable, like, you know, the, the, the tangible success because your mindset is the foundation for everything. Absolutely. And, you know, like, it's, it's funny. Like, I think back, I thought back a couple of weeks ago, actually, um, you know, like you think like, and there's one thing of visualization too, is I feel like people need to kind of be open to how it's supposed to show up. Like, you know, you get attached to this one specific thing, but it could show up in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And like, I think about how many times, like I really wanted something to happen. I was like, oh, this track's going to come out. Then I'm going to blow up and this is going to happen and like whatever. And like, it didn't. And like, I think back to those times and I'm like, I, it would have been a disaster. Like I was not in the right place mentally, spiritually, even musically. Like I was like, it just would like, I would have just straight down into the ground. And so yeah. like, I feel like, like that mindset really is like the, the right thing that you need to build everything else off of. Yep. Absolutely. And 
that brings up another point that I, that I talk about a lot is like being detached from the outcome. You hear that a lot in manifestation. People are like, what does that actually mean? And for me, I think of, you know, rather than manifesting specific, like super specific things, which I do that too. But if there's something where it's not necessarily immediately attainable, I try to manifest like feelings. Like what is, what is the feeling that having this thing is going to bring me? And that way, the vehicle to get me to that, like whether it is, you know, financial freedom or being able to like afford this trip without having to worry about whatever it is, the vehicle to get me there, I'm a little more, more like flexible with that. And so then you don't get so attached to something. And when it doesn't happen, like you're, you're down in the dumps about it. Like I've had multiple like failures as an entrepreneur that just like you said, looking back, I'm like, Oh yeah, that, that wasn't the right route for me. Like I'm so grateful that that didn't end up manifesting. Yeah, absolutely. And like, that's one thing, like, even with the visualization that I do, like, it, you kind of like, you feel what you're going to like, feel like while you're doing that thing, right? So, like, you know, I was when I would do that visualization about the Ibiza gig, like, it, like I would see myself on stage, like I would see myself, you know, with the crowd and the Ibiza and the dinner and everything, but it wasn't like a specific club, like, you know, so like, right. otherwise, you know, like, this could have happened to be like, Oh, yeah, like, it was a Ibiza rocks, but you know, it wasn't like, amnesia like i really wanted it to like it wasn't that thing it was just that feeling and you know like another way i use visualization too is like just like with gigs and like i'll just kind of visualize myself like having a good time playing like you know the crowd having a really good time dancing having fun and just like that whole kind of like atmosphere like it's not like oh i want to kill this and like be whatever it's it's about that feeling that i have and the feeling that everybody else has too because at the end of the day, like, that's what it's all about. And like, I just want, like, I always kind of ask the universe. I'm like, you know, just let me play to the best of my ability or like whatever I'm supposed to play to like give these people like the best time that like, you know, they can have. So absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing. And it, it makes it by doing visualization practices, it makes it more real because when you can see it in your mind's eye, you can see it in reality, like so much clearer. A lot of people don't even like, they don't, either they don't want to even bother daydreaming because they feel like it'll never happen or they see their daydreams just as daydreams and not like an actual thing that there's power in those. And you can, you can harness that power to, to turn something into reality, but it's nice. It's really nice to hear from artists like yourself who speak in such plain terms about this, because I think that more and more people are slowly starting to open up to this concept. And I don't think manifestation is gendered at all, but I do think that it helps to hear from like male role models about manifestation because some, some, there's some trepidation that I've experienced just in like my own teachings and my manifestation resource hub, um, from men. And it's like, no, this is for everybody. And some of the most powerful men in the world have, have used this to get to where they are today. Absolutely. Like, you know, I read a lot of like personal development stuff and follow a lot of different people. And everyone always talks about how like visualization is that thing that like they do either every day or every so often or, you know, things like that, that, and obviously like goal writing, because when you write it down, it's like, forget what the stat is, but it's like something crazy that you're like 97% more likely to like do it. Like if you write it down versus if you just like think about it. Um, but yeah, it was actually funny. I was cleaning out the studio like a couple of weeks ago and I found like this old it was a stretch of time. I was writing my goals and like affirmations like every day. And, uh, I like looked, I was like totally forgot about it. It was in this drawer and I like opened it and I was like looking down the list and I was like, I was like, huh, 
I was like, a lot of this stuff like has already happened. Like I'd write like 10 goals and like maybe like six out of the 10 were like done already. And I was like, wow. I was like, look at that. I didn't even realize that. Like, you know, like, yep. like one of them was like, oh, I have multiple Beatport top tens. And like, I had like two at the same time this year. And I was like, holy shit, like that, like actually happened. Look at that. Yeah. That's, that's the best part of it. I have my journal like on my desk at all times. And I love looking back at old journals to see just what my thoughts were at that time. And then also, yeah, the things that I've accomplished because it's a good reminder, especially when you're like caught up in the future. What's the next big thing? What's the next big thing I can do? The journaling and writing stuff down like is a reminder to be grateful for how far you've come because we know that gratitude is like one of the biggest components of of all of this practice. Absolutely. And I start every every morning I start with like my statement of gratitude, which is kind of always the same thing and I run through everything. But you're right, like it's good to kind of look back and kind of like see that stuff. Like somebody the other day asked me a question they're like, yeah, you know, cause like you're like smashing it and whatever. And I was just like, am I though? Like, you know, like it was kind of like, I was like, cause you look again, like you said, you know, like you're looking to the future, but you know, like there's people who would love to be doing that thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And like, it was good to kind of like look back and be like, yeah, like I, I did do a lot of stuff. Like I am doing a lot of stuff. Like, you know, so it's, it is like that gratitude and reflecting and looking back on all of that when you could be like, yeah, you know, like, like I was like, you know, back then, like, you know, two years ago, I was hoping to be in this position and now I'm in this position. Like, it's like a great feeling to know that you kind of like achieve that. And that's why it is good to kind of look back. 100%. And it's funny that you say that because, you know, um, your, your message that you originally sent me when you just said, Hey, great job with the podcast. Like I have experienced a lot of, uh, mental turmoil, putting this thing together, you know, things don't grow as fast as you would like. You're dealing with external factors like algorithms and, you know, budgets and whatever. And so you sending me that message, not only I'm super grateful that, that you took the time out of your day to send it, but it also, was a signal in my mind, like, okay, you're doing this for like the right reason. And like, y- you are putting in the work because you always, you know, as a creative, I feel like we get stuck in this, like, oh, we could be doing more. We could be doing more. And the universe sends you those little signals. If it comes in the form of a person or, or whatever at the right time to remind you that like, no, like you're good. Like everything's all good. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, like, and that's something that like I've kind of taken about too, is just to like sent like what people don't understand is just reach out. Like you feel a certain way about a thing, like just reach out. Cause you don't know, like that person could need to hear that for whatever reason. And something's telling you to like say that to them. So just say it like, and even that same person I was talking about before, like she was like, yeah, you know, like I really love your mindset Mondays. And I was like, huh, I was like, that's really great to hear. Cause I was like, I don't know if it's always connecting with people. I was like, am right. I just like wasting time? Like, I don't know, but you know, like you said, it's just like a reminder that, all right, yeah, like I am doing this and it's like for the right reasons and for the right people. That's, that's something that I've really tried to incorporate into my life is paying other people like meaningful compliments whenever it pops up. Um, because the power of a kind word, like can literally turn someone's day around. And the more, like, I don't know, like the more disconnected we are face to face. Like I feel like a lot of us, especially with like working from home and stuff, which I love, like as an introvert, like I like my space and whatever, but just getting those, that feedback, that positive feedback from somebody means the world. Yeah, absolutely. Cause it just, it keeps you going. Cause you know, at least there's, there's that one, even if it's just that one person, like you're doing it for that one person, you know, and it's like, all right, fine. But there's definitely more out there like them, but it just, it gives you that kind of purpose. Like, okay, this is, this is connecting with people. 
Yeah. And again, that's how you know you're doing something for the right reason. If your content or your message that you put out there got like 10 views and one person said, wow, this really like changed my perspective or whatever. And then that brings you fulfillment. Like that's how you know this is my path and this is what I should be doing. Absolutely. Like it's, it's the same thing, like with like the teaching, like having like students tell me that like, oh my God, like this was a game changer or like, you know, I listen back to old tracks and listen to my new stuff. And like, this is so much better. Like I get so much like fulfillment out of that. Like I had a student who just had like a Beatport top 10, but like I would wake up in the morning and check my phone to like check where he was, like, as if it was like my track, like I was just like amped about it. I was like, cause like, I just, I don't know. Like I like helping people and have like seeing them succeed and have them like get stuff out of it. And so like, you know, it's the same thing. Like, it's just, just like you were saying pretty much. Yeah. That's amazing. And there, the, maybe there's like a a bias because I really only reach out to people, um, to be on this show that like are of the mindset that you and I are talking about and that want to help others. But I think it's really important to emphasize that, there are like, I feel like so many people are afraid to ask for help and they feel like, you know, um, everyone, it's like every person for themselves, but there are a lot of mentors in this industry and a lot of people who are willing to help, whether it be in a structured format, like you have with your Academy or a lot of artists have just told me like, Hey, if you send me your track, like I might not be able to get to it right away, but like, I'll listen. And, um, I think that's like a really beautiful, awesome thing about, this community that makes it unique. Absolutely. And it's like super refreshing when you get people like that. Like even now, like actually like flash mob had the video you were talking about with the tool room thing. Like he had commented on it um, and like said some nice things. So I just reached out to him and just said like, thank you. You know, like, and we actually kind of built like a relationship, which is really nice. And, um, but you know, it's kind of like, it's like the same thing, but I feel like in, in the, it's gotten a little bit better, but I feel like there's always that like competition that people have. And like, it's kind of like my one complaint. Like, I feel like there's enough for everybody, right? Like just because yes. you hit the beat port charts doesn't mean that I'm not going to hit the beat port charts. So why should I be mad that like you're there? Like, you know, like a couple of my friends, like when I was in the charts, uh, the last time a couple of my friends had a release on tool room and like they were hitting the charts and I was like checking where they were. And it was exciting to be in this thing. And like, we're supporting each other and it's, it's not a competition. Like this whole thing was meant to be about community and building each other up. But like a lot of people kind of think that like, you know, like there's not enough for everybody. And if somebody else is getting that gig, then I'm not going to get it. And it just becomes this like toxic, sour kind of like, you know, thing. The scarcity mindset of more for you means less for me when it, they actually, two things can independently coexist and they don't affect each other negatively. I, the scarcity mindset thing is, is like just rampant in the world. I don't think it's particular, like just to this industry, but it is really sad um, because it holds people back from accomplishing things. And it's, it's all in their head. It has nothing to do with external factors and has everything to do with the mindset, which again, like you heal that and so many doors open for you. Absolutely. You know, just to kind of show like how, how that is. Like I used to, you know, you talk about how, um, hustle is like fear-based. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like there was a stretch of time, like for the longest time and it took like a while for me to let it go. But like, I would basically like, do work and like my motivation was like oh like i need to like this has to be like really dope and perfect because like i don't want people to think i suck or like you know like 
had to unpack a lot of like childhood trauma. Cause like for a while, like I would be doing stuff to try to prove myself worth to like someone that wasn't in my life anymore. And like, I was just like in this constant, like, you know, rabbit, like wheel of just like, Oh man, like I got to do more. I got to do more. Like, look at me now, like type deal. And once I got rid of that, I actually like felt lost for a little bit. Cause like, that was such like my driving force for mm-hmm. like my whole life at that point. And, you know, like I kind of then came around to that positive aspect of like we were talking about before with just like, it's for those people that are listening. Like it's for like, you know, somebody who, you know, buys tickets to one of my shows or spends money or time, you know, listening to my music, or maybe it's like somebody who has a bad week at work. And the only way that they like kind of, you know, let things go is to listen to the radio show. So I always like pour everything I have into that, but it's like in a positive kind of mindset. And once I shifted that, like so many opportunities like opened up for me because like I was just vibrating on that frequency level of like what everything that I wanted. Whereas before it was coming from an energy level down here and it just wasn't coming to me in the way that I kind of wanted it to. That, that resonates so much. Like whenever I see those memes that is like, do it to prove the haters wrong or whatever. I'm like, well, if that's what you're doing it for, that is, that's not the right reason, you know? And I've, I've definitely experienced a lot of that myself. Like I had a chip on my shoulder when I left the TV news business, for example, because I quit. Now people are leaving in droves, but I quit before a lot of other people did because I just couldn't hack it anymore. And, you know, I was like on this mission to prove to people because TV reporters have egos, right? Like, and that was a big, I had to have like a big ego I don't want to say ego death because I feel like that like term has been like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even want to go there. But like I really had to like check my ego when I got out of the news um, because it was like so wrapped up with my identity. I was I was a reporter. I did investigating. I did this. I did that. And so once I like kind of realized I was trying to prove myself to show that like, you know, I still had it and whatever like I was so unhappy, like I didn't realize how unhappy I was. And once I just kind of gave up and released and gave it to the universe and I was like, you need to make your, this is not about other people. This is about you. I naturally started connecting with people, like you said, on the same frequency. Yeah. It's you're 1000% correct. Like it's just, it is crazy how that works out that way. But like people don't realize that or like when you're in it, you don't realize it either. Like even if you knew that, like you could still wind up back in that mindset, Mm -hmm. you know, and you just have to be self-aware and kind of figure out like, oh yeah, that's right. Like I'm kind of coming from that like place again. Yeah. And I think just one like final thing to note on that, it's different. Um, if it's like a family member or whatever, like, and I, I have experience with that too. Some, you know, some like trauma that's like made me act a certain way. And then I learned how to be different. But when it comes to like just people and society, what, what I realize is nobody is paying attention to me that closely. Nobody cares that much. I may think like I may be the center of my universe, but like people have their own shit going on. And so like, that's what also makes me laugh about those memes. Like, yeah, do it. So like, you know, the people, the haters, whatever, whatever. It's like, no, like nobody cares. Like everybody, is, <laughs> you know, everybody's got their own problems, their own lives. And once you kind of real, it's like freeing, you know, it's like, oh, your, your post only got 10 likes. Guess what? Nobody's fucking checking for that. Nobody cares. It, it is, it does not matter. And that That's was so like true. comforting, you know? Absolutely. Like, you know, like that was like, I used to be like, Oh man, what am I going to post on socials? Like it had to be this perfect thing, like whatever. And it's like, realistically, no one really cares. 
like about if your caption says it this way or says it that way, like no one, like it's not as much like ingrained detail, like as you think, like it is that like other people are paying attention to what you're doing. You know, it's like, it's, it's basically exactly what you're saying. Yep. And just to like wrap it all up, like we talked about needing all the right equipment to start or needing to have the perfect caption to start. That is where people get hung up. They're like, well, if everything's not perfect, then I can't start this journey. And couldn't be further from the truth because you you can only learn by doing. And, uh, you know, you're only holding yourself back when you put contingencies on starting the creative process. Absolutely. 1000%. And yeah, like I think actually to, to sorry to cut you off. Um, I was actually having a conversation with somebody uh, like a potential student the other day. And like, there was something like, and it kind of goes back to like when we were talking about like visualization and that end goal and just like the action steps and like kind of, I guess, like just believing that it's going to happen. Cause I feel like that's like a big part of it too. You know, like you may have like limiting beliefs, but um, yeah, he had said to me that he didn't know about, you know, putting in the time or the effort or money or whatever. He's like, because like, you know, it's like a dream and like, I don't know if it's going to happen. So I don't want to put like all this thing in because it's like not guaranteed to happen. I'm like, well, nothing's really guaranteed. So like, you know, like you can't. Like, I don't know that all the things that like I work towards are going to happen, but you work towards them and then hope that they kind of do like, you know, you can't, but that's like one of those limiting beliefs that, you know, we were talking about that kind of can hold you back a bit. Absolutely. The, the fear of investing in yourself because you don't know if it's going to pan out. It's like, what I always remind people is at the end of the day, an investment in yourself is never a loss. Like regardless, if you don't end up taking that creative pursuit, doing that job, whatever it is, you learn something. And it's if it doesn't help you write the second, it's going to pop up somewhere else in your life. I can't even tell you how many times that's happened to me where I've like started something, turns out don't want to do that thing and it's not working. But then that knowledge I learned popped up somewhere else. And I'm like, oh, hey, like, look, it took five years, but that benefited me in some way. So you're never, you're never going to lose by betting on yourself. Absolutely. I always say that like, you know, you're like your best investment, like all times. And yeah, like there's stuff like I usually read like, you know, business books and all this stuff. And I would try to like incorporate it into like my music career somehow. And it like wouldn't pan out, but I would still like listen to podcasts, do the thing. And then now like I'm running the like academy and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, like here's this knowledge that I used all the way down there. I didn't even know that I was going to like put it into like play here. And like, it's just, yeah, you just kind of apply yourself and do the best you can. And that's it. So true. So tell me, um, well, the audience, where can people find your academy and your radio station? Like, give me all the goods. All right. So the radio show is on, I think we're on 25 stations right now um, across um, Spain, a couple in the US, a lot of digital stations. So you could check us on Select in London, uh, Data Transmission. We have Cafe Mambo Radio and a couple other Ibiza stations. But it's also on my SoundCloud, MixCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Um, the Academy, uh, you can reach out to me on socials and I'll give you all the details. Um, I'm also giving away my Ableton template right now. So if you want to reach out to me about that, I'll totally send that over. Um, what else was I supposed to give you? I think I think that's it. You've got you've got the academy, you've got the radio show, and I know that you obviously post your gigs and keep that updated on your socials as well. So we'll have to direct people your way. Absolutely, yeah. I'm playing uh, eighty in a couple weeks, so I saw that. One. That's very exciting. Well, thank you so much for like all this free knowledge. I learned something today, and that's you know my favorite conversations when I can learn something new. I think I'm going to test out your your pyramid method uh, for you know my my next set of goals. 
Yeah, I'll send you over my deck for the first week so you can I would uh, love that. check it out. <laughs> so I want to talk about that rocks, pebbles, and sand concept that Salvion mentioned he learned from a coach. It is a visual representation of what I talk about all the time, which is hustling versus aligned action. So the rocks are like the big things that move the needle when you have a, a project or a goal in mind, and then the pebbles and the sand kind of fill in the cracks. So what a lot of us tend to do, and I'm guilty of this myself, is we start in the reverse. We start with the sand, then move on to the pebbles, and then and then the rocks. And we put all these like conditions in front of us before we actually go after the rocks. And sometimes that can look like just you know, doing parts of a project that don't really matter, like naming it or, you know, organizing the folder it's going to be in, or it could be something totally different. Like, oh, well, you know, yeah, I need to get started on this, but I also need to organize my sock drawer and rake leaves and whatever and whatever. And we do this because it's like, well, it's still work, right? But it's busy work, it's hustling. It is not aligned action towards a goal. And this is a trap that we so often set for ourselves and we're all susceptible to it. So it's just a really good idea to keep that in mind as you're setting a goal, kind of breaking it out into the most important things that need to happen and then the things that aren't so important, but the ones that you maybe tend to gravitate towards because they're easier. Anyway, if you liked this episode, the best way to support the show, as always, is to subscribe, follow, share with your friends if you feel so inclined. I have a bunch of helpful resources and links in the description of this episode, so go check those out. They're all about manifestation. I have that free weekly newsletter with manifestation prompts that a lot of people have told me they love and they use on a weekly basis. Uh, I will be back next week with another episode. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you.